This is an interview with Brenda, a mid-career professional who has been through about three layoffs in her day. Predominantly, we talk about signs where you know a layoff is probably coming, and then at the end, we talk a little bit about being called down to the basement, drinking Diet Coke through a straw, and individual layoff stories that we've had. Don't worry, it will all make sense eventually. Let's dive in. So whatever you remember, oh, yeah. about, like the worst, like, the, best, the yeah. worst one is top of mind. Um, this is several years ago when I was in the Chicago area, I had taken a new job at um, a technology type company. And in between the time when they sent me the offer letter and I accepted it, they got bought by another company. Um, But there was no communication to me as a candidate. So I show up for orientation the first day when I was supposed to be there. And the HR lady walks in late and she says to me and two other people, oh, we didn't think anyone would show up today since we got bought. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, all three of us are like, "Um, we quit our other jobs because we thought we were starting here today. So, yeah, we're here. Um, and the person who had relocated from Colorado was especially pissed because he's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't know what to do. And she didn't know what to do because she actually didn't know that anyone was going to show up. So there's three of us new people. And so what they decided to do was to go ahead and pay us for a little while until the new company figured out what they were doing. But because I hadn't been trained, you know, I mean, I just started. This is my first uh-huh. day, and I find out we've been bought. Um, we just all sat around. They, they had us go with our teams, you know, and, and in my case, I was in an external communications team. And the job hunt all day, except that we had to show up. We had to be there. Uh-huh. So what, okay. what you had was a giant floor full of people shouting over the cubicles, hey, hey, I heard about a job over at Company XYZ. Anybody interested? Or, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this one's not good for me, but it's good for you. Or, you know, I'm going over here. It, it was the weirdest work environment I've ever been in. And so this, this goes on day after day for about three weeks. And at the end of the... Like three total Yeah. But the problem was in the state I was living in at the time, you had to work somewhere four weeks before you could qualify for unemployment. So now I've been there three and they tell us all, we're done. You're you're all gone. This new... Our new owner (laughs) let go 90% of the staff. They really just wanted the assets of the corporation. Um, and well, I had obviously already quit my other job and given them notice and these other new hires had done the same. And here we are and we're like, okay, we don't qualify for unemployment either. This is, this is just super. (laughs) So that was definitely the worst one. It's like a weird donut hole type deal where you're like kind of in the middle of like two, like you already quit your job. You don't qualify for unemployment. That's crazy. The craziest part of that, the whole thing's funny, but the craziest part of that is that y'all were sitting there for like three weeks, basically just like telling each other about other jobs. Oh my God, I'll never forget. It's like something from a movie. And and at one point, one of the vice presidents calls us into a big conference room and there's maybe a hundred people in there. And he says, you know, 
I, I know we told you all you could look for jobs all day long, but you know, if there's some work, we want you to do it. And everybody's just like, what? <laughs> it was just such a weird thing. Yeah. So the, so the good news about that whole scenario was though, that I did end up getting my next job after that was a really good job where I ended up staying several years and liking it. And it was, a, it was a good place to be, but uh, it really looked dark there for a while. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was like May 2018, I went to a conference at the Career Builder, um, Atlanta mm -hmm. office, and they had like four floors in like Midtown Atlanta of this building, mm -hmm. right? And we got there and like, we were helping run this like mini conference on like recruiting and stuff. And I remember someone had been exchanging emails with this lady and she was like, okay, meet us there at 6 a.m. So we like get up at the hotel at like 4.35 in the morning, go over to their offices at 6 a.m. Nobody's uh -huh. there, right? So this guy I was with is like frantically calling all these people, yep. right? And somebody finally shows up at like 7.30 and like people for this conference were supposed to show up at like 8. So they have like 30 minutes to get stuff yeah. set up. So while they're doing that, the lady that showed up, I was like, well, hey, what happened with all that? And she's like, oh, we just got acquired. I think some like uh -huh. Japanese company acquired Career Builder. And so she's like, they like instantly laid off mm -hmm. all these people, right? So she, the person mm -hmm. that we had been communicating with about being there at mm -hmm. 6 a.m. got <laughs> laid off like in the intervening period of time. Okay, so we were all on one of the four yeah. floors. And um, I remember like at noon that day, I had to make a phone call. And I asked that main lady, like, hey, where can I make yeah. a phone call? And she was like, go to the 7th or 8th floor because there's not going to be anybody yeah. there. And I went to the 7th floor. And I remember there were legitimately like 300 cubicles and nobody. Wow. And I was like, this is the creepiest thing. I've ever seen like I could literally sit in any cubicle on this floor of this midtown Atlanta office yeah. building and there is nobody on the entire floor it looked like that boiler room yeah movie, right and I was like oh god so that's like the other thing with acquisitions yeah. and stuff where I just feel like it happens so swiftly that people aren't even like like it it like disrupts yeah. planning so quickly because it happens so fast that like people aren't even emotionally or like logistically prepared for they're, it. They're they're not. But I but I would say on the other side of that, sometimes they know they're being acquired and they continue to hire. And that's where I right. see an ethical problem with that. Um that I feel yeah. like it's that's that is not fair problem. to the applicant. Right. A hundred percent. Um, so did you ever have a good, insofar as they can be good, did you ever have like a, a layoff thing that was managed okay or like with some degree of clarity? Well, I, I later on after that episode, I was, um, I was laid off from a really large company and it was a large public okay. company. Now, this is a whole lot different because you always have shareholders that are interested in what the heck is going on. So there is a little bit more information sharing that you can get. 
as an employee. But when I, when I got laid off from a large public company, what was really interesting was because it was thousands of people, they had gone out and started their own website. And so people from all over the United States would just post stuff they heard or observed, <laughs> whatever nuggets they got, uh, collaborated or not, they would post on this website and you could sort it by keywords and location and all sorts of stuff. And it was up for months before we actually got the hammer and everything on it was reliable down to the day that people were going to be informed. <laughs> so when my boss <laughs> called me, because <laughs> I got laid off over the phone, she said, you know why I'm calling? I said, I do. Like, <laughs> I knew what the severance package was going to be. I knew, you know, I knew everything that was going to happen. I didn't know every other individual, but I knew like what teams and and that kind of stuff. Um, And so that one was much less of a surprise because we we had a lot of advance notice, not official advance notice, because the official line, they would pretend that stuff wasn't uh, different. But, you know, this is like when you read that book by Paulo Coelho. What's that one where, um, oh, The Alchemist. Okay, it's like reading The Alchemist. Like, you have to understand the signs. So, (laughs) like, when they start canceling big meetings that they've never canceled before, or they start postponing announcements that they've never postponed before, or they start cutting weird little expenses, you know, like now all of a sudden there aren't enough paper towels or they can't fix the microwave or um, weird little things start to happen. Um, and then there's the behavioral clues, you know, like your boss, your boss or others start to avoid you. Like they could catch the layoff if they interact with you. <laughs> like yeah, it's contagious. Yeah. This layoff is contagious. Or your email suddenly starts to slow down or go dark. You know, people you, you used to yeah. hear from, you're not hearing from. Um, and you find yourself being excluded from calls and meetings where you would have normally been doing something. I mean, you know, there's a whole list of signs, right? And you're not necessarily a paranoid person if you're paying attention. No, not at all. I agree. And I mean, I, I could tell you, I think I'm at three, two, and one was like, uh, one of the three, they tried to paint it as like a causal thing, but I think I still got like some severance. And then the other two were just layoffs, mm-hmm. right? So um I would agree a thousand percent in all three situations. I was like, uh I I probably was two to three mm-hmm. weeks ahead of the curve. Like your public website thing is like way more drastic <laughs> in a way, but all the stuff you you're saying is like a thousand percent true. Like you you totally know. Like I think I told you this online once, but I had one. Like the most recent one was uh, my boss on a Monday made like an eight a.m. Friday appointment with me. As soon as he sent that invite, he used to sit like four feet from me when I went Mm -hmm. into this office. As soon as he sent the invite, he left for the day. And then like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he worked at home. And I was like, okay, that's it. Like literally, I just remember him like getting up and like getting his bag. And, like, that's when it came across yeah. my email. And there was no reason right, for the Friday right. morning meeting. It was just like, 
were meeting Friday morning, and I saw him like hastily like leaving and not yeah. making eye contact with me. And I was like, okay, there well, it is. It's... <laughs> like, and it just sucks too because I got, yes. now I have to wait till Friday. And you know what's coming? Right? You know what? This is like when someone's gonna break up with you. Or, like, maybe when you're, you yep. know, when I was at the big company, it's more like being shunned, like, when you're Amish. Like, you know, you're getting kicked out of the group. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, right. so the signs are always there, I think. Almost always. I would say almost always there. Right. Um, and so you can't take it personally after a certain point in time. Yeah. 100%. And it's all just a uh, business thing. And I think... We've talked about this, like, definitely on mm-hmm. Just Be Social and, like, you and I individually. But, like, you you have to get to a point with all work stuff where you realize a lot of it's transactional and, like, getting let go can suck and, like, income insecurity and whatever can suck in the short term. But, like, no – there are very few companies in the world, even the, like, high-performing ones that, like, really have the employees back in all you don't hear about it often um but having said that i will say there are individuals who can choose to act more or less ethically in these situations and i i was fortunate to have one of those bosses in one of these layoff situations um and and Mm -hmm. an exceptional person because we had agreed on my end date or discussed it or whatever and my boss was in another state she flew in to have lunch with me on my last day. And oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That was the only really reason good. she came into town and she left afterward. And honest God, I will never stop telling that wow. story because that was such a meaningful gesture. And and this is the person who, you know, laid me off, but I knew she didn't have any choice in that. Um, right. And right. later on, you know, we kept in touch and later on, of course she got laid off later. <laughs> Right. Because this is this is the karma. But I'll tell you what, that's the kind of person you want in that situation, because um, you can still choose as an individual as far as how you're going to, you know, how you're going to react to it and how you're going to handle it with direct reports or superiors or other people. You do have a choice. Yep. I would. Okay, so I have two kind of like mini logistical questions. So it's not. Um, always possible. Uh, that last boss you described did it right. Sometimes your boss is not in the same state. What do you, okay? If your boss is in the same physical mm-hmm. location as you, can you see any justification for like a phone, Skype type termination? If they could easily like get to the same physical place as you. I mean, maybe in a mass layoff context. I was just asking because somebody I yeah. talked to yesterday, uh, his boss sits like 20 feet right. from him, and it was a phone call right. layoff. And like she purposely scheduled it for like mm-hmm. after work hours, right? Which that seems like it is. I, I think me, it's you know? chicken, but I also think that maybe they've been told that. Maybe there's some kind of liability concern. Like, right. you know, Ted's going to turn postal if we. Um, you know, let him go in front of right. everyone. And honestly, if if I were, you know, I'd probably say stuff to people on my way out. Why wouldn't I? I mean, these are people that I'm supposed to be part of the team with, and right. now all of a sudden I'm cut off from my team. Right. That's a good point. And then 
Okay, this is obviously going to vary by organization and size and everything. But let's say like mid-sized to large companies, so like multiple millions of dollars of mm-hmm. revenue or whatever. What do you think? What do you think severance should be? And again, it's going to vary right. by seniority. But I was just talking to somebody last week. And they were saying so many places default yeah. to like four weeks, but they were like in this type of situation, again, relative to seniority and size of company, because the timetable is uncertain, they were like companies should default to like six to eight weeks if they can, which I feel like would be more humanistic to do. I know not every company can or will do that, but. Do you have like a range that you feel like is acceptable, assuming the company's like relatively? Well, I mean, I was fortunate. One of my times, I got nothing, right, and it couldn't even get unemployment. Another time, I did get severance. Um, what was more, mean, almost more meaningful, was the fact that they um, kept my benefits going because I'm a single parent, and so I had several months of benefits still in the hopper yeah. when, as part of my severance, and that was super, super meaningful to me. Um, it alleviated some of that stress. So, you know, mostly what companies yep. do, I think, is they'll say, okay, if you've been with us one to three years, you get two weeks. If you've been with us three to five years, you get this many weeks. Or, um, but what I don't like about that is it's, it's um, somehow longevity doesn't necessarily always correlate with your productivity or your value to the organization. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know if there's a fair yep. way to do it, no, you know, but I do know that. They cap it um, at several companies. I've also been aware of friends who've been let, let go. You know, they cap it like, okay, if you've been here over 10 years, you get, you know, eight weeks and that's it. Or if you've been here, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I, I it varies so much by the situation, but at least for me, um, you know, obviously the salary is good, but you take a big hit because you get taxed on that as though it's bonus. So you take a much larger tax hit. Right. So at least for someone like me, having the benefits in place was um, almost more meaningful or as meaningful as having some sort of severance. So we just played along because okay. we knew there was a severance okay. coming. So, so what they used to do with that company, and it was hilarious. Okay, we'd be sitting there on the floor and they would call people down to meeting a meeting room in the basement. And there would be an HR person with your packet yeah. in a big, you know, like a big uh, Rubbermaid container, yep. you know, and they would hand you your packet. And so yep. the guy it's sitting near up. me got a call and he's like, they just called me down to the base. But we're like, oh, we're sorry, man. We're sorry. <laughs> it's like yeah, animals that, you know, sucks, they're, it's their man. turn to get gassed at the pound. And they. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, so bad, man. Mine. uh mine uh the job that i first moved to texas for um it was like two weeks before thanksgiving 2015 and it was a friday afternoon and we were in the middle Mm -hmm. of open enrollment so this chick her name was amber she was the hr chick i remember she called me and it was like 2 p.m and like I was in a pretty good place of like bringing food to work at that point. But like that day I hadn't brought food and I was literally just about to go get food because it was like Friday afternoon. Nothing was happening. I was like, I'm going to kill an hour and then 
come back and do like an Mm -hmm. hour of work and leave right and so I remember I was like almost getting out of my chair and she was like that company all the conference rooms Uh after countries and she was like can you can you come to Argentina (laughs) right now and I was like uh yeah sure so then I remember explicitly being like hey is this about open enrollment because like I'll just come in an hour and she's like, no, come now. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, this guy, okay, I'll just, I'll just condense this part of the story. But I used to work with, the, at that job, I worked with this guy who was like 51 years old. Yeah. He was like a little bit perverted. And one time I went, he was like thr- thrice divorced or something. One time I went to a bar mm-hmm. in like DFW. And they had his picture hanging behind the bar, like, do mm-hmm. not serve this man. Oh, my God. And it was my coworker at the time. And I was like, so I asked the bartender, who was like a young woman, I was like, what's up with that? And she's like, oh, he gets like handsy oh, with us God. if he drinks and stuff. And I was like, oh, God. So he had gotten laid off and there were like three others yeah. like, a week before this. So, like, when she told me, oh, it's not about open enrollment, but you need to come now. I was Mm. like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm like, I had seen kind of what we were talking about. I had seen the signs at that job, too. But it was like, oh, crap. So, I went down. It was exactly like that job you and your ex, that Discover Card job had, like, I went down like HR folder, yes, literal cardboard box, right? And I was like, oh shit. And like my boss was sitting there. We had a good relationship, but then it started to sour because she was like kind of uh, consumed by different like yeah. metrics and the stuff I did. So I was like mm-hmm. irrelevant to her ultimately. So like I remember she was drinking uh-huh. diet coke through a straw during the whole meeting where this HR lady And you know was why you do that? You do that storm, so that right? you keep your teeth whitening so... from getting damaged. Yep, you know it, man. And you read yes, the form because right. of compliance, you know. So Okay, so I remember I was like, yeah. okay, it took 7 minutes. So she's like, the Amber is like, I'm going to go upstairs and put all your stuff in this box. And I was like, cool. Um, and she's like, do you want me to ship the box or do you want to uh-huh. wait here and I'll bring it back to you? And I was like, well, I ran down here because you told me to come and I didn't get my jacket or yeah. like I had a couple right. things at my desk I actually cared about. And I was like, do I was like, honestly, do me a favor. Just grab that stuff, and then you can ship the rest of it to me. I don't want to like, uh-huh. walk on the street with a box, right? And so she got my like core stuff. So she comes back to the fourth floor, and she's like, okay, I'm going to escort you out. And I was like, no, nope, you don't have to do that. And she's like, well, uh-huh. I have to do it. And I was like, no, nope, you're good. <laughs> so we got in the elevator, and she, like, got in right behind right. me. And I was like, honestly, you don't have to do this. It's fine. Yeah. She's like, okay, I won't, right? <laughs> and then, so now it was like, I don't know, 2.15. The whole thing had taken 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, well, I never wow. <laughs> So, like, I guess I'll go do that. So, like, I went across the street and I, like, <laughs> had some hamburger. 
And then I remember like that that company had an office in Seattle. And you know the worst part about the oh, yeah. shit is mm-hmm. it spreads like gossip wildfire, right? So literally I was like 15 mm-hmm. minutes into eating this hamburger. And like I started getting texts from people in Seattle being like, yeah. Did you just get laid off? And I was like, dude, that's happened <laughs> 35 minutes ago. How do yes, you already right. have this? And nothing will travel faster now? than that, right? 